0: You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. It is a good morning. It's a good morning. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew 14. We're just going to be really hovering in one particular um, passage. It's a story uh, in Matthew's gospel. It's a familiar story, I'm pretty sure, but I want to talk to you this morning about uh, peace in perilous times. Peace in perilous times. Um, Can we turn me down or something? I'm in my head. There we go. Thank you so much. Uh, and really, as um, and, and I want to be very careful about how I phrase some of the stuff right now because as as things have transpired in our country in the last weekend, <laughs> um, wow, we're 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 just riddled with a lot of pain, aren't we, right now? And there's a lot of unrest, and there's a lot of things to become worried about. And as I was just kind of thinking about these like you as I was watching the news and and reading news stories and just digesting this like every one of you, um, I battled through some emotions. I battled through some some fear. I battled through some anger, different things. But I heard the Holy Spirit say, Andy, you've been called to something different. We've been called to something different. And I really believe that this is a good news message, that this is filled with a tremendous amount of hope and a tremendous amount of life and future in it. And I want to just declare something over you, even before we get started, is that no matter what you see happening in our country and the things that are shaking us to our core as a country, the Spirit of the Lord is not done moving on the earth yet. God gave a promise it's in the book of Joel, and Peter actually gave it again. He, he spoke prophetically out of the book of Joel on the day of Pentecost, and he said that God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. That time frame of God pouring out His Spirit is not going to cease until the church is raptured, until Jesus comes and pulls His beautiful bride off of the face of this earth. God is in the business of pouring out His Spirit. And if God is in the business of pouring out His Spirit, it means that we need to be a people of power, a people of faith, a people of courage, a people of extraordinary love, of extraordinary honor. And we need to walk boldly. But to do that, our feet have to be firmly fitted with peace, okay? They have to be firmly fitted with peace. We have to know how to respond. And so as I was thinking about this and just um, just meditating on this and, and hearing the Lord a little bit, that I was reminded of this um, very, very amazing passage in the Matthew 14, this story. And I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. It's not very many uh, verses. It'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible or if you, you can open up an app on your phone if you have a Bible app. And you're going to recognize this story. But there's a couple of things that I want to pull out of here on what Jesus gave as principles, truth principles for us to stay in a place of peace, even in when times feel shaky, when times feel shaky. Matthew 14, starting verse 25 says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. All right, just so nobody's confused. Yes, Jesus is walking on water. It's actually the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so it's not just a lake. It's a sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29. Come ahead, he said. Come on. Jesus said, get out the boat. Then Peter got out of the boat. Walked on the water and came toward Jesus, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, Why did you doubt? There's three things that I want to talk about today, just very simply, about how to have peace in perilous times. The first is this is why does God give us his peace? Why does God give us his peace? And there's an amazing thing that we see here. And it's a truth that I believe follows, uh, attaches itself to the reason why God gives peace. And it's very simple. It's because God's called you to do something big. God's called you to something. It's bigger than you. God has called you to something big. It is bigger than you. Here's what's amazing about this is that the disciples had just got done feeding 5,000 people with just a simple boy's lunch. You're familiar with that story, well, a few fish, a couple of loaves, and something supernatural, and miraculous happens. Jesus takes and he blesses that little meal, that lunch, that um, lunchable that 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 little kid brought, and it ends up being able to feed all five thousand of the people that were gathered around to hear Jesus. That Jesus was ministering to, and there was enough leftovers after the fact. Now you got to stop and really think. Like, young people, just think about this for a second. You know, you're sitting at a lunch table, and all you got is your little lunchable. And none of your friends got no food. Just stand up on the, on the lunch table and be like, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> you're eating for free today. <laughs> now, you would be pretty blown away. You would be amazed. I mean, that would be something that you would like, if you didn't diary, like you didn't journal, you would journal that. You'd be like, you tweeted out, hashtag Jesus just blew my mind, fed 5,000, you know, whatever it is. It would be something you would not forget. But what's amazing about this story here is that immediately after this point, Jesus sends them out across the Sea of Galilee. They're heading to another city. And it's as if they forgot the very thing that happened. Can I tell you why I believe that? Well, we know the story. They were afraid for their lives, they were scared to death, but I believe the reason why the disciples had such a quick lapse of uh, memory lapse was this is because they lost sight of where they were called to be at. See the scripture tells us, and i 'm going to read it to you right now at the very end. Matthew fourteen thirty two through thirty five, it tells us where they were headed. And I want you to hear this and the significance of this because this is the reason why God gives us gives us peace. See, some of you look, you might be here and you might say, God, there's so much going around on me, and God's saying, Listen, I can handle all that. But where are you going? Where I'm telling you to go? Are you doing what I've asked you to do? Are you going and being the salt and the light that I've asked you to be in your workplace, in your school, in your home? In your marriage, are you doing these things? Listen to this passage in verse 32, Matthew 14. We're in the same chapter. It says, when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. This is when Jesus rescued Peter, pulled him back into the boat. Those who were in the boat worshipped him and said, worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. They they reconnected their eyes to who Jesus was. Verse 34, it says, when they crossed over, they landed at Gethsemane. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who were touched, all who touched it were healed. Can I tell you something? Is that Jesus sent them ahead. And the scripture tells us that when Jesus sent them ahead after feeding the 5,000, that he went up to pray. He went up to go have a time with the Lord to get filled up. And that could preach by itself. But he sends them ahead. And you got to know that in your heart that Jesus knew where he was sending them. He knew what he was sending them to do. But he was sending them to a destination. He was sending them to a place of ministry. He knew that there were people there that needed a touch from him. He knew that there were people there that needed to hear the message of the kingdom. But in between feeding the 5,000 and getting to the other side, getting to Gethsemane, what happened was this, is the disciples forgot and lost sight of what they were called to do. The reason why God gives us peace in perilous times is to reinforce inside of us the things that he has called us to do. And can I be so bold to say this, the more you see things shake up, you can expect a creative outflow of the Holy Spirit to fill your heart in a greater way. There's going to be a greater creative expression of the love of God coming through you. Greater prophetic words. Listen, and if you're not hungry for this, just, just sideline yourself right now. I'm going to talk just very directly to you for just a second because you need to hear this. And it's this. The days that we are living in require a passionate people for Jesus Christ. And if you don't want to be passionate for Jesus Christ, mediocre is going to get run over. But what God does and what God says and what God calls us to are still big things. And we need to attach our hope into that place. Even in the most difficult times. Sometimes it's hard to focus in and to be filled with peace when you get bad reports from your doctor. Sometimes it is hard to focus in. And get peace and do the things you're called to do and love people that you don't understand. But there is still a need for that. Why? Because God is still moving on the earth today. He's asking us to to stop and to hear and to respond to that, to keep our eyes fixed on that, to keep our eyes fixed on where we're going, where He's calling us to. And that's so important for us. It's so important. I know it might seem like a simple thing, but it's super critical. You have to know where you're going. You need to know where you're going. If you're going to ask God for big peace, know where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, ask. Ask the Lord. God, what are you calling me to? I can tell you right off the bat, if you're a dad or you're a mom, you're going to speak prophetically. You need to speak prophetically into your children. If you're married, you need to speak prophetically and love supernaturally your spouse the way that Jesus did. If you have a job and you go to a workplace where you're not in a closet and you don't talk to anybody all day, but you talk to people, you need to have a prophetic vision for them. You need to. Why? Simply said, God loves them. God loves them. If you visit a corner store, if you live in a home that has a neighborhood... That's every one of us here that we've got to see something, we 've got to hear what God is saying. Isn't it amazing that Jesus did not exclude the disciples from this? He didn't sideline them because of the lack of, their, of lack of faith. He didn't sideline them because of fear. He said, "No, listen. you guys missed it. You took your eyes off of the things that I've told you to." You steered the boat into the wrong place. You got overwhelmed by the wind and the waves. Instead of keeping your eyes fixed on the destination you were called to go to, didn't you just remember that I fed 5,000 people? Did you not remember me raising the dead? Did you not remember me healing the blind, casting out the demon? This is what we are called to do. And when we take our eyes off of that, we get distracted and fear slips in. But when we keep our eyes focused on what we are supposed to, on what God has called us to, then peace should be what we expect and what we receive. So here we see Jesus giving peace and directing them to the right place. The second question that is answered is this, is that what's the source of our peace? What's the source of, that, of our peace? And this is very simple. And it's this. The source of our peace comes when we choose to live by the Spirit. That we have to be a people that are led and live live and led by the Spirit of God. In Matthew 14, 25, 27. The disciples are in the boat again here. And and I'm just pulling out different parts of this passage that we've read. But I want to just pick this apart and talk this through for just a second. So disciples are in the boat. And they see something walking on the water, and immediately their mind was drawn to a ghost. I find that rather humorous. Because here's what happens: is this is that when we choose not to anchor our, our heart and our mind in the spirit, is if we choose not to be led by the spirit, as we choose not to stay attached to the spirit. Portland wants to help me preach this morning. It's all right. <laughs> what happens is that our mind is going to go somewhere else. Our mind's going to go somewhere else. The disciples looked out there and they saw Jesus walking, and instead of going, hey, that could be Jesus. (laughs) That might be the guy that just blew our minds, feeding a mess of people with a little bit of food. That might be the guy who's been raising the dead. That might be him. They go, it's a ghost. (laughs) What's more irrational? Hello? I mean, come on, can we, can we just do that? Like, all of a sudden, they're like, hey, we don't, you know, healing and all that. We don't, we don't get that, but we get ghosts. <laughs> it must be a ghost. And Jesus looks at him and says, listen, and here's what Jesus is doing. And you gotta, you got to kind of just expand and let the Holy Spirit expand your heart for just a second. Because these aren't just words here in the, in the book. Here's what Jesus is saying. He looks at him and goes, says, listen, take courage. Don't be afraid. It's I. Jesus is saying look through your spiritual eyes, stop looking through your natural eyes because the source of your peace comes when you abide in the spirit. And if all you're doing is looking through your natural eyes at the circumstances of your life or the circumstances of this world, you cannot expect to have peace. But when you begin to look through the eyes of your spirit and you live in the spirit as a son or daughter of God, that is how you are to live, you will walk and abide in peace. You cannot expect, you cannot expect to walk according to peace looking at the things of the world. You cannot expect to live according to peace looking at your circumstances, being led by your feelings being led by your emotions you must be led by the Spirit and I would just just gently give you this is that what Jesus was doing was rearranging their perspective because how many of you know that when Jesus, listen to this this is good, this is life changing right here what they heard come out of Jesus' mouth is what changed their perception of what they saw their sight didn't change their sight didn't change. When Jesus said, take courage, it is I, they heard the voice of the master speak. And immediately their spirits saw what was true. And for every one of us, what we have to do is that we have to hear the master speak. Do you know that if you put your a daily discipline of being in the word of God and you allow the Holy Spirit to salt and pepper it just to put the uh, Holy Spirit gets all over it? That you're going to be able to begin to hear the voice of the Lord. That you're going to hear the voice of the Lord speak to you. We're in this beautiful series I want to invite you to on Wednesday nights. It's not too late. And we're going through by Robert Morris. It's called Frequency. It's about hearing the voice of God. If you don't know how to hear the voice of God, then please There is nothing more important than you being in a chair here at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. There's nothing more important. Why? Because if you can't hear the voice of the master, if you cannot respond to the spirit, then you're not going to have peace. But God desires to speak to you. He desires to lead you, and he desires to lead you in peace. He will lead you in peace. But your spirit has to be made alive to that truth, has to be made alive to that and I believe that's what Jesus was doing, is he's simply just saying, look, look. Be, look through the eyes of your spirit. Don't look through the eyes of your natural man. Your natural mind's silly. Your natural mind's watching too much A&E, like ghost hunters and all that stuff. <laughs> On that note, let me just tell you a couple of practical things is this. In Philippians 4, 6 through 8, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by... Prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, listen to this. God desires to guard your heart and your mind with peace, but in verse 8 it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Can I give you just a small key about staying in the Spirit? Is you got to saturate yourself. See, I believe this with all my heart that um, in today's culture, and I find myself, and I I know this to be true sometimes about me, is that we're going to saturate ourselves with something. We're going to fill ourselves up with something, and you have to pay attention to what you're allowing to fill your heart and your ears and your mind up with. Sometimes we just click on the radio or the, we get on the internet or Facebook or whatever it is and we just go through it and we don't even calculate. I just want to challenge you this week to calculate how much time you're spending looking at stuff that's not attached to your spiritual calling. And if you find yourself absorbing that amount of thing and you aren't settled in peace or you're anxious or you're, you're, you feel like you're carrying something and it's resting heavy on you, One quick key that you can do to get into a better place is to begin to take on spiritual things. Begin to think about spiritual things. Maybe you need to turn off the radio and put on some worship music. Maybe you just need to do a little personal fast off of Facebook. You don't have to know where everybody went on vacation this summer. You're not going to go there anyways, are you, right? You might even get jealous if you look at it too long. Oh, pastor, that hurts. Tune those things out. Why? The Scripture says this. Listen, if you focus on things that are are noble and true and what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's funny because we can capture a spiritual revelation. Like right now, like you, you guys responded to that. You're like, yes, I need to hear the voice of the master. Well, are you tuning him in? What are you tuning in? Maybe you need to tune some things out and tune the right things in. Maybe you have to challenge yourself to let the words out of your mouth become edification. Maybe you have to challenge yourself to say, listen, I'm going to do these things. Not only am I going to listen to these things, but what if I challenge myself to be a person who just did this? Philippians 4, verse 8, to speak what's true and what's noble. All these things, but I'd be somebody who gives peace. Finally, the last question we're answering this this morning and then we're done is how do we hold on to peace? How do we hold on to peace? Just three simple steps that I want to give you today. And if you didn't hear anything else today, jot these down, write these down. The first thing is this, is that we have to listen to the word of the Lord. We have to listen to the word of the Lord. Peter. When Jesus called out to him, he Responded and he said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come on the water. And Jesus simply responded, Come, come, Peter. We have to listen to the word of the Lord, we have to be in unity with the Spirit. When things start to rage around us and there is stuff that is just provoking our emotions. When there are things that are provoking our emotions. As sons and daughters of God, we have the responsibility to stop. God is asking us to stop. And to get into a place where we begin to listen to the Lord. In our lives, what typically happens when we are provoked by something, is that we release it back out. If I'm happy about something, if my favorite sports team won, look, I can make my wife's eyes glaze over with sports stuff. I'm like, baby, you just don't get it. It just happened. Like, they just did this, right? This was amazing. This has never happened this season yet. (laughs) She's like, uh... (laughs) and I'm being provoked by happiness and I want everybody to know I want it, it's going to come out of me. Hey, but the same thing's true when we're provoked with anger. So you don't realize it that you get stirred up with anger and you just start gripping your steering wheel tighter. You start clenching your teeth a little bit. Your facial expression begins to change. Why? It's a spiritual principle because Jesus said, "Out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Whatever is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth." And so, if your heart is filled up with anger, anger is going to come out of your mouth. It's going to ooze out of who you are. And that is why God looks at us and says, Stop. Don't be provoked by things, circumstances, feelings. Don't be provoked when somebody does you wrong. When the scales of justice are, are tipped unfairly, don't be provoked by that. Go to me. Listen to me hear my voice do what i am saying to do god is never wrong he's never wrong when he tells us to love when somebody spites us he is never wrong when he tells us to stand for truth he is never wrong and when we listen to him we can be assured because here's what happened to peter is that a measure of faith just, stu- just got stuck in Peter's spirit. And he said, well, okay, you're not a ghost, but you're Jesus. That's super cool, okay, by the way. You're walking on water. He's walking on water. I can imagine Peter looking at him and going, he's, he's straight up, he's walking on water, guys. And Peter's not the guy who's just going to journal. Peter's like, I, I want to <laughs> tell people I did it too. He's <laughs> like, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. He's <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, come on, all right. <laughs> he's over the side. And he's like da 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 He probably like you know. He might have even dabbed. You know what I'm saying? Like he might have just. Oh, that was a shout out to some younger ones. Okay, I just embarrassed my daughter. That's what I came here to do. <laughs> just a very simple truth. You can stand on the word of the Lord. You can stand on the word of the Lord. You can stand on the word of the Lord. Listen to the word of the Lord. The second thing that happened that we need to do to hold on to peace is stay focused on what's in front of us, not what's behind us or around us. Of course, we know what happened to Peter is that for whatever reason, that seed of faith, that seed of faith that filled his heart got attacked. He saw the winds battering at the sides of him. He felt the wind. He saw the waves. They became afraid. And fear entered his heart. What Peter did was just very simply is that, listen, I understand that Peter had to have faith, but he looked to his today and he looked to his yesterday. He didn't look to his future. See, here's the thing about staying in peace is that Your future is filled with peace even if your yesterday was hell. Your future is filled with peace even if your yesterday was miserable and hard and painful. Your future is filled with peace. And the problem that most people get into when it comes to staying steadfast in peace is by turning around and looking at their yesterday. Looking at their pain of their yesterday, looking at the problems of yesterday, looking at the stuff that's coming from the sides. Isn't it amazing? Just just think about the scripture for just a second. Jesus didn't calm things down until he got in the boat. The the lake, the Sea of Galilee was raging and he called Peter out onto the sea. He didn't stop the storm so Peter could walk on the water. What he did was gave Peter, Peter faith to walk on water even while it's storming. And see, this is what God does when we stay focused on our future is that he gives us peace to get through anything that we need to get through to get to where he is calling us to be. God is calling you to a great place. The last thing that happened was this. The last key is this. Is that we have to doubt, 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 and choose faith. Doubt, doubt, and choose faith. Verse 31, Jesus reached out his hand immediately to Peter, said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? The enemy of our peace is doubt. When doubt starts to sneak up in our thinking, we need to resist the enemy. Submit to God. Submit to God's plan. Submit to God's word, what he has stamped in our spirit. Submit to the word of God. Stand firmly on it. Declare it and say we will not be moved. Doubt has no place in my thinking, has no place in my life. I resist out in the name of Jesus. See, sometimes we get confused about this idea whenever this happens and we, we begin to take on a worldly perspective like we don't deserve the good things that God has in store for us. Some of you God has spoken prophetically to and given you promises and they're filled with good things. But as you begin on that journey, sometimes your thoughts go a different direction saying you don't deserve it. And you begin to look around you for something substantial to hold you up. But here's what holds you up in the promises of God. It's the goodness of God. And His goodness doesn't fail. And so when you step out, you're not stepping out on your ability. You're not stepping out on your resource. You're not stepping out on anything except for the goodness of God. And when you step out in the goodness of God, look forward, doubt, doubt, and stay in faith. What makes God good is the things that He's promised to do, He fulfills. Philippians 1 6. He does them. He does them. And it gives us hope and it gives us grace. Let's pray. Father, this morning, Lord, we, we recognize that in our nation there is a divide, that there is pain, there is brokenness, there is fear there is even anger. But Father, as Your sons and daughters, we're not going to live according to those things. But we're going to look to You right now. And Father God, the first thing that I'm asking You for right now is restoration. Lord, restoration in our hearts. Lord, let us be restored to begin to see the way that You called us to see, to have our perspective firmly fixed on You. That our ears would be open to Your voice. That our spirit would respond to what You're saying. That we would be led by our spirits. As sons and daughters. And God, next I'm asking You for Your peace. Your peace that surpasses all of our understanding. Lord, let our peace be anchored in Your Word. In the truth that You say that You are still pouring out Your Spirit upon this land. That You are still drawing people to Your heart, Father. Lord, that you are still calling us into the bigness of the dreams and the callings that you've given us. Lord, let hope fill our hearts from that place. Let peace be established in us. Let peace be established as a foundation under us. Lord, let us move boldly. Let us love boldly, Lord God. Let us forgive boldly. Lord, let us be ministers of reconciliation in this world today. Let us draw people to the love of Jesus that has been, we've been drawn to. We thank You, Lord, for that. Lord, I just make a declaration of Your peace over every household, every, over every person, and over every heart. This morning, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're in a place this morning and said that my, my life is just being riddled and I'm in a place of anxiety or fear and I don't have peace, Would you just slip your hand up? You can bring it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. Father, for those this morning that lifted their hands, Holy Spirit, we're asking you to come right now to begin to break the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus. Lord, begin to surround them, Father. Begin to surround them in the revelation of your love, Lord God. That sets an anchor of peace in their heart. Lord, that is established in their spirit and is established in their mind. Let every thought, let every fear in their thinking be broken. Let every unrestful thought be silenced. Let the peace of God rule in their heart and reign in their minds. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? This morning, if you made a decision in any place in your walk with the Lord, maybe you made a decision to walk with the Lord for the first time. Or maybe you just are a person here that made a decision to walk in peace for the first time and you'd like some prayer. All we're going to ask you to do is take one of those tithe envelopes, fill it out. Let us know how we can pray or encourage you. And just drop that off at the Welcome Center. We'd love to do that. We'd love to come alongside you and just be there as a support to you if that's what you need. All right, Pastor Ken and Jeannie, if you'd come up, Carl and Marilyn, y'all come up. We have some folks here that would love to pray with you this morning. Maybe you say, look, Pastor, I, I, I needed that message today on peace. That's, that was for me. But I need somebody to come and just put their arms around me and pray with me. Maybe it's not for peace. Maybe it's for healing in your physical body. Maybe it's for another need that you have. No matter the need that you have this morning, we want to pray with you. And the the worst thing that you could do this morning is allow a little voice in your head to say, don't go up. It's too embarrassing to go up. Because you're not here on accident. No, not at all. You're here because God loves you. He knows you and He sees you. And He sees in your heart. And He wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. So as we close this service, if that's you... As people are leaving, just make your way up and receive prayer. I just want to make a declaration over you. I declare the peace and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ over every one of you. That today you are going to walk in abundance. That today you are going to walk in the blessing and the knowledge of the Lord. Grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you so much. If you need prayer, please come forward. We'll look forward to seeing you Wednesday.